I want to read two scriptures to you first to kick it off. Second Chronicles 69 says, For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Matthew 25, 23 says this, His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. I was really thinking about, obviously, over the last two weeks, we're talking about this idea of faithful, of being faithful. And we talked about some of the things that, that come out of being faithful last week. We talked about um, faith, if, as you're faithful today, you can walk into freedom tomorrow, David and Goliath, and just how that Goliath's brothers were still down the track and that David needed to be faithful with what God had put in front of him today so that he could continue walking into what he had for him tomorrow. We also talked about as you're faithful today, Others are able to follow you tomorrow so that God makes a way in the influence that we have. But this morning, I want to continue looking at what being faithful is and what it can do. But I I just want to pause and kind of maybe reset the way that we're even looking at what being faithful is. I think the idea of faithfulness can feel theological, like just the word faithfulness. It's not not necessarily maybe one of our, we, we use words like, I don't know, love, like smaller words, or we use words that describe our natural interactions. But faithfulness can be, hey, we all know that it's a really good idea to be faithful to God, that this idea of faithfulness is important. But it's almost kind of lumped into that like obedience category where, man, this is feeling a lot more serious. And this is feeling a lot more, I don't know, you you don't, it doesn't feel as relational as as I want to suggest that it probably might be. It can feel distant. And even, even the two verses that I just read, hey, if you're faithful with a little bit, you, you will be entrusted with much. I mean, who, who wants to be entrusted with more? I do. I want to be entrusted with more. But that's not the sole motivation. And, and I want to keep talking about we, we, we're not just faithful so that we can get more. We're not just faithful so that we can be entrusted with more. We're not just faithful in that first verse so that he'll strengthen us. We're fully committed to him. I, I even was looking at the, the dictionary definition of what faithful is for us today. And there was two definitions that I thought were really helpful to just mention about the distinguishing factor of how I think many of us might view faithfulness at times. The first one was faithfulness when being described with an employee was much more one of duty, of obligation. But then when it described faithful with a friend, it said it was much more, it was as loyalty. It was out of love. It, it, was, it was a very different kind of faithfulness. And I want to suggest to you that as we begin to look at a couple more things of what faithful, what being faithful is in faithfulness, that being faithful is not a duty with benefits. It's not, hey, if you do everything that God is calling you to do today, he's going to give you more. That is not our end motivation. But it is a deep covenant that we share with a loved one. For me, this changes the game on faithfulness, on being faithful. We have to get rid of religious thinking. That if you do rules, you're all of a sudden going to start walking into all the fullness of what God has for you. Being faithful at the core is deep covenant with a loved one. 
You're not going to enter into freedom if it's just based on duty or you're working so hard just so you can be entrusted with more or maybe you're working so hard just so God's going to strengthen you. Being faithful is not one of employees so that you get a promotion, but it's through deep covenant with a loved one. So this morning, is we want to continue looking at how much more being faithful is than just something that we're supposed to do. The first point lends itself really well to, to this idea. So I just, I'm just going to have three points this morning, wrapping up our talk on faithfulness. But the first is this. Faithfulness today honors God. Faithfulness today honors God. Revelations 4.11 says this. Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. Worthy are you, our Lord and our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. In the busyness of life, it is so easy to forget the holiness of who God is. In the, in the weekly even sometimes religious activities that we take that are supposed to be reminders, we can often forget the holiness of God, honoring who God is. It is so easy to forget that. But he created all things. I love the word this morning. I appreciate my mom for sharing, and I appreciate Pete for bringing the word. I believe it was the word of the Lord, that he's just, he's just raining down his presence on us. Honoring God is so important. I want to share this quote with you um, by Elizabeth Elliot. This job has been given to me to do. Therefore, it is a gift. Therefore, it is a privilege. Therefore, it is an offering I may make to God. Therefore, it is to be done gladly. If it is done for him here not somewhere else, I may learn God's way. In this job, not in some other, God looks for faithfulness. I think that too many of us have possibly separated with what is in front of us as a gift from God. It's too easy to separate what is in front of us from being a gift from God. I think it's, we, we sometimes pick and choose what we give our best to. When God is calling us to, and we've read it so many times, and I, I know most of you know it, Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, anything that you do, work at it with your whole being, with everything that you have, no matter what it is, give everything to that. Work at it with your whole being for the Lord and not for men. And I completely understand, and we talk a lot about it. Make sure that you know what your passion is and make sure you put the time and energy into the places where it's going to have the biggest return and the biggest impact. But this is not at the expense of being faithful with what God puts in front of you today. Faithfulness. And here's the thing where I want to come back to the lens of what I was just talking to about at the start. That that God is our Father. God is not distant. God is not a nice idea, like possibly faithfulness can be this great idea out there somewhere. We know that it's a good thing. It's not a duty. God is so relational. 
when he talks directly to us, when you have an opportunity to spend with him, when he gives you an opportunity to engage with somebody, when we're put in an opportunity where we can show his grace or his love, these are the chances to be faithful. These are our chances to honor him. I was thinking, we need to think relationally with God and not purely out of task or task-oriented, but that our Father gives us opportunities daily. And what we do with these opportunities reflect our honor of him. Our honor of him reflects where we are relationally with him. As a father entrusts tasks to his sons, to his daughters. This is what God gives us each day in the form of its opportunities and its interactions. What you do with your angry child what you do with your depressed boss, what you do with your spare time, what you do at church on a Sunday morning, these are all gifts from God. It is in this moment where you honor God. This is faithfulness. Job understood this so well. I just want to read out. Have you guys seen the movie Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, Not Good Day or something like that? It's, quite a, it's a funny movie. And this poor guy, I think everything that goes wrong could go wrong in this movie. It's, it's, it's a stressful movie, okay? Job had one of these days. Job 1, verse 13. Now there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And there came a message, messenger to Job and said, the oxen were plowing and the donkeys feeding beside them and the Sabians fell upon them and took them and struck down the servants with the edge of the sword. And I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was yet speaking, there came another and said, The fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was yet speaking, there came another and said, The Chaldeans formed three groups and made a raid on the camels and took them and struck down the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was yet speaking, there came another and said, Your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And behold, a great wind came across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house. And it fell upon the young people, and they are dead. And I alone have escaped to tell you. Then Job arose and tore his robe and shaved his head and fell on the ground and worshipped. And he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb. And naked shall I return. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job did not, did not sin or charge God with wrong. That is amazing. There is so much in the passage of Job, and I'm not wanting to do a study on Job, but just to highlight, when times are challenging is when our character is truly tested. How faithful you really are surfaces. What does your faithfulness look like? What level is it at when things are not going to plan? When things didn't turn out the way that you thought they were going to turn out? When things haven't eventuated to where they are? Are you still giving your absolute best and working towards the Lord, for the Lord? Colossians 3.23, what we just read. I love Job's perspective. He truly honors God in his faithfulness. Naked he came from his mother's womb, and naked he shall return. God, this is all yours anyway. You give, you take away, blessed be your name. 
Honoring God is not limited to this gathering that we have here. This, this, this is a wonderful expression of that, and I don't want to take away from that in the slightest. Honoring God is not when you have your devotions in the morning. That is a part of it. Honoring God is honoring him with the good, the bad, the ugly, the boring, the mundane, the disappointments. It's too easy to have a religious mindset around that I've done my honoring of God and then we miss the opportunities that he brings to us again and again. And I think that we separate this idea of honoring God and the opportunities that he brings in our day. I love Elizabeth Elliot, what her quote said. It's this job. It's this thing in front of me that God has given me to do. This is where I show faithfulness. It's, and this can be in public or in private. It's what's right here. This is my opportunity to honor him. And why I was so stressing the idea of relationship. We can't, you can't succeed at faithfulness if it's a duty. You can start to succeed at faithfulness when you recognize that it's connected to honoring him. You can start to have heart transformation when I recognize the way that I interact with my wife and my sons and my coworkers and my church and all of those people that I interact with, the, the grocery store person, that that's not just a random chance, but that's an opportunity from God. That I need to be faithful and honor him through what he's given to me. It brings such a new light that when somebody wrongs you and that whole idea of forgiveness, I, sometimes I know that I can. We take it so personal. But can I just encourage you to look at it from a different viewpoint, that all of those are opportunities from God for you to be faithful and honor him. But it has to be through a father giving a son and daughter tasks, not through there's just a set of rules in this long book called the Bible that I read sometimes, and I just know it's a great idea to be faithful but it needs to be heart transformation that faithfulness today honors God. Cool. Ben, ben Polson is the one that he's, I, I think I've had a chance to sit down with him at different times, but one of the things I think he always shares with me every time I have an extended conversation with him is this. What is the chief end of man? Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. He's with me on it. Let's not forget the holiness of God and honoring him. The next point, and it's so important that we set that, that first point up, but faithfulness today fulfills you. Faithfulness today fulfills you. When you're doing what you shouldn't, it absolutely empties your tank. It takes away from who you are and you will always desire more. I just want to read Matthew 4, 2. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, Jesus was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. I think we often fall for the trap that something other than faithfulness will fill us up. We often fall for the trap that something other than faithfulness will fill us up. But there's this idea, this deep relational idea, that faithfulness fills you 
As you're faithful, God knows exactly what you need. This is going to the deepest levels of trust, that he will guide you in every single thing that you need, even when you can't see the way. We really need to trust in the fact that your creator knows exactly what you need. He knows exactly what makes you tick. The most fulfilled life is a fruitful, is, is a faithful one. The most fulfilled life is a faithful one. Replacements will never fill you up well. Substitutes just can't do the job as well. James 1-2 says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you make trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. If you are feeling incomplete, if you are feeling unfulfilled, look to see how your faith is holding up. Are you allowing your faith to produce steadfastness? This is, it's a tough word to go through what God is calling us to go through. We, I think we often reject and are not faithful with the opportunities that come along because they feel too hard or we don't know what they are. We just, we often choose not faithfulness, and I don't think it's out of rebellion or a heart that's trying to rebel. It's sometimes just too much in the too hard basket. Anything that you use to fill yourself up that is not what God is calling you to do will ultimately return so much more void. And I just want to pause and just reflect on that because as much as probably all of us understand it up here, can we let it sink into our hearts that if we're faithful with God, he will not leave us unfulfilled? That a life with him guides us into something, it's, and it, it's not a fun process. Consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds. Like, this is not a great start to this, God. Thank you. But can I encourage you? There is no fulfillment. There is no peace outside of the will of God. In his faithfulness, in your daily faithfulness, even when it's hard, if he's calling you to wake up at four in the morning and study the Bible for three hours, I'll pray for you. But Bruce did it. The faithfulness of what he's called has enabled him to go and have influence all over the world and preach all over the world. I want to encourage you, whatever it looks like, if he's telling you, hey, don't be with that girl right now, don't be with that guy, hey, you need to get rid of this friendship, hey, you need to add this friendship, you actually need to spend more time with your annoying co-workers, that's what I'm calling you to do right now, you need to be more gracious with this relationship, whatever it is, you will be more fulfilled, we, we often trust ourselves a whole lot more than we do God, and we make those decisions for him, we need to allow him to work in us, guide us, teach us, but we need to trust him that as we're faithful, as we're faithful, you will be more fulfilled. The most fulfilled life is a faithful life. And I'll just repeat at the, at the beginning, we don't, we don't live a faithful life so that we can get stuff. You don't live a faithful life so that you can be fulfilled. But I, I don't want to pass by this topic of faithfulness and not talk about this point because all of us are looking to be, live fulfilled lives. And I think all of us can agree with those things. But it's the most fulfilled life is a faithful life. I wanted to share this passage from Philippians because I think it's so powerful. Philippians 1, chapter 1, verse 1. 
Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi, with the overseers and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Thanksgiving and prayer. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. How many of that? That's an encouraging verse, right? Let's just keep reading though. It is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be, so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I'm put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. You can be more fulfilled in the middle of a mess with God than in a palace without him. This completely transcends whatever situation you are, whatever expectations you have around that circumstance, where your circumstance is. You can be more fulfilled in the middle of a mess, in the middle of prison, than you can in a palace with God. Being faithful with what God has given you enables you to be fulfilled no matter what situation you find yourself in. No matter how much authority you have, no matter what position you have, what resources you have, faithfulness in God's kingdom transcends situational fulfillment. I think I, was, I listened to a really great podcast by um, it's an Andy Stanley Leadership Podcast, and it said, how do you lead when you're not in charge? I think the majority of people in, in your businesses, in all of us, we all are overseed by, by folks. It's just none of us are ever really in charge, I don't think. At least 100% autonomy. Maybe Trump, but oh, Lord. What do you do with him? I don't know. No matter what you currently have or what you think your capabilities are, there is fulfillment in that situation. But it's through being faithful and watching him walk you into that fulfillment. We have to trust him. The last point, daily faithfulness is what advances the kingdom. Daily faithfulness is what advances the kingdom. Sticking in kind of a similar theme, it's not always in the obvious or the glamorous or the emotionally momentous times, but in the faithful working out of what God has called you to do. We, Pete shared the, the photo of we went to Somerset. I, I really enjoyed my time there. A guy named Jimerson. I wish I had a name like Jimerson. He, he took me to his room and he was showing me pictures of um, 
his his family and and all sorts and um it, it was he just it was really nice being able to share with him and the kids I loved watching, like I stopped talking at different times with some of the residents as a kid would run into the middle of the room because there was just like, Jesse, I don't care what you have to say. I want to watch this beautiful child just giving so much. But the thing that struck me that that I thought was so powerful is I saw the advancement of the kingdom of God in that room. And, and I, think, I think I had a part of it. I hope that I did. I really enjoyed connecting and moving. But when, when kids like Archer and Bennett's age they were advancing the kingdom. I watched as they brought joy like you couldn't imagine to folks that sometimes don't have as many opportunities to receive joy. That is what the kingdom of God looks like. It was a powerful thing to say. If a four-year-old and a two-year-old, they weren't actually there, so they missed out on the work of God. They're not being faithful. The joy that they received, they received was just powerful. Our small contribution, no matter how small or how great, to being faithful with what God has called us to today fits into a much bigger picture around us of what God is doing in you, in your family, in your neighborhood, or in your city, in your nation, and throughout the nations. God is able to advance his kingdom through us as we express it through daily obedience and faithfulness to what he brings in front of us. Matthew 13, 31, he put another parable before them. This is Jesus saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it has grown, it is larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour till, till it was all leavened. Do not underestimate your little bit of leaven or your small seed portion. Own your portion of leaven. Own your portion, that little seed that you've been given. And I just, I have to pause to call us back to, you're looking for that opportunity. You're looking for that I want, to, I want to get rid of the momentous. I want to get rid of the, what feels emotionally significant. It is the daily interactions. It is the, it is the as you wake up and when you fall asleep, it is everything that happens in between that is your chance to be faithful to God. It is not chance that you're sitting next to the person that you're sitting next to. You have an opportunity there to be faithful with what God is calling you to do. We often minimize that which God has called us to do because we're waiting for something significant to just happen or we're waiting for the word of the Lord. Can I give you the word of the Lord that he's given you opportunities upon opportunities upon opportunities just today to advance his kingdom through daily acts of faithfulness? Again, I want to just remind you of the relational aspect of it. We're not being driven by a slave master, but we're working hand in hand with our father. But the opportunities... I get so excited when I see a group of people, even if it was just these four guys here, of the impact of the change of how the kingdom of God will truly advance if we're faithful to what he's called for us to do today. It's, it's an exciting, empowering thought. Even if it just gets me going, that's okay. What God has called you to do is to sow your seed to add your leaven. Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. I want to suggest to you that these are 
some of the things that we can start sowing. This is a little bit 11. If you want specifics of what are you looking for. So what does that mean? It means we need to start forgiving. It means we need to leave bitterness behind. It means we need to start becoming gracious. It means, it means those things. And it's not out of duty, but it's out of, it's out of joy to see his kingdom advanced. As you sow some of this leaven, some of these seeds, through the power of the Holy Spirit, then the beautiful tapestry of the kingdom is advanced by God. I want to say it again. Angie said that's like a Lord of the Rings sounding line. As you sow some of this leaven, some of these seeds, through the power of the Holy Spirit, then the beautiful tapestry of the kingdom is advanced by God. The Holy Spirit is longing. I'm telling you, a deep longing. He's yearning. I, I so resonate, you know, when it talks about in the, in the word, when there's not even words to communicate what, what the Holy Spirit is wanting to do, as a deep groaning, yearning to move through us, yearning to impact yourself, but yearning to impact the lives of those around you. And that doesn't happen just when you can, you can give a word of knowledge, although ask God when to give you that word of knowledge. This happens in the every interaction that you have, stop minimizing the opportunities and the gifts that God has brought your way. We need to be faithful with what he's calling us to do. Be gracious when it's time to be gracious. Be passionate when it's time to be passionate. Pray boldly when it's time. Declare the gospel when it's time. Be faithful with what he's brought. Can I pray? Jesus, I love you so much. I love you that it's not by my strength and it's not by anyone's here strength, but it's just by your spirit, Father. Lord, I pray that you would empower us with a new sense of relational faithfulness. Father, that this is not out of duty, that this is not out of religion, but we have a God who created this entire world, but you love us and you're our Father. Lord, I thank you that you even entrust to us gifts on a daily basis. Lord, I am so sorry where I've missed the opportunities that you've put my way. But I thank you that you're a gracious God and that you're faithful. Jesus, we put our hands to the plow, Lord. We don't want this to be a place in Lane Park Church that says the harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. Father, we want to maximize our laborers. We want to send them out in droves, Father. And we don't need to go find a mission field for the mission fields already in our lives. Lord, I, I speak a release of scales off of eyes so that we can see the God opportunities that are in front of us. Lord, we speak a release of your people in this place and in this city. Lord, we want to see your kingdom advanced. We want to see you impact the lives around us through things like Alpha, Father God, through the living room, through Go Church, Father, but through our own personal lives. Lord, let there be an impact that is felt around this city through this church. In the mighty name of Jesus, we go out from this place in your power. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Bless you heaps.